Hello, and welcome to Murder, She Read, the true crime podcast where we read books, give each other dirty looks, and drink copious amounts of wine. I am sitting across from Victoria Campbell. And I am across from the ever-lovely Amanda Fall. What are we doing today? Well, we're recording an episode. So, yeah, we are we're recording an episode. Um, I think this is going to be a good one. It's going to be a long day for us, but... Would you like to share why? Uh, we are actually going to record two episodes today. Because we'll get to that. Well, <laughs> no, let's let that, let's let that be, let's let that be a surprise. Okay. Um, we're recording two episodes today because I am going on vacation now. Because it's Jamanda's birthday I'm on the seventeenth. There we go. That's the one. Um, so yeah, we uh, can't make our schedules work. Mm-mm. Just cramming them all together. Why not? It's fun. Gonna drink a normal amount of wine. We're gonna drink a lot of wine. We hope that you enjoyed this week's episode. We can't make any promises about how drunk we are for next week's episode. I'm lick the mic. I'm, I'm just lick it. Prophesizing, yeah. Okay, that's that's mm-hmm. the one that you're gonna go with. Yeah. I'm really happy for you. Thank you. Really coming into my own now. Well, Victoria, what are we reading today? Okay, so since we are recording two episodes this week, I did not have time to read two books, so I picked a collection of short true crime stories. Written by Jack Rosewood, and the true crime stories are in fact just called True Crime Stories Volume One. Okay, there's many a volume for us to crack into. Oh, we could do this for years, you say? Ever <laughs> till we die. <laughs> Sooner rather than later, possibly, with the amount of wine we're about to consume. All right, well, before we jump into it, because I'm going to forget to do this later, I do want to say where the majority of my research came. Okay. Because I did get it from two really great sources this time. So the first one is an article written by Debbie Buck. She is a true crime writer and founder of True Crime Diva. She is also the researcher and writer for the podcast Criminology. Oh, shit. And then the case that we are doing today, I had a little bit of familiarity with because I had heard a case file episode on it as well. Oh, is that where I heard? Yes, so that's where my baseline knowledge came from, so I'm sure a lot of the things that I'm going to reference might also come from that as well. Do you want to hear a fun fact? Of course I do. I applied to be a writer for Vice for their podcast. Do you know what they said? No, thank you. No, thank you. When did you do this? Like a week ago. Why did they say no? Did you say, I have my own podcast and we (laughs) don't do any preparation for it? Um, I didn't tell them the name of it. That's probably for the best. They can probably Google advice. Anyway, okay, so uh, this week... (laughs) (laughs) On that note, let's move right into it. Uh, This week we are in LaPorte County, Indiana, and the year is 1993, and crime is relatively low here, reports the author, and people take pride in their homes and their yards and all of the other trappings of suburbia. Can I give you a fun fact right off the bat? You can, and I'll also say that was a great sentence, I'd hire me, but go ahead. (laughs) I'd hire you too, Victoria. You You can write for my podcast any fucking day. Oh, can I? (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, Laporte, and this is coming straight from that true crime, or, yeah, case file episode, they hadn't seen before this case a murder case in a hundred years. Oh. Before that, the last big case that happened was Belle Gunness, who... So she was, I mean, that would have been 100 years ago, so what, like, late 1800s? She was one of the original, like, uh, murder for insurance. She, like, killed a bunch of husbands, burned down some houses, killed some kids. It's a really big story. Maybe we'll do it one day. Wait, and this was in Laporte? This, I believe, was in Laporte, yeah. Oh, 
Laporte to murder. Um, <laughs> I would not hire you now. Whoops. You're fired. <laughs> How dare you? Um, okay, so yeah, so as Amanda said, not a lot of crime, but uh, that one big historical note. Historical note. Um, it's here in this friendly Indiana town that we also meet friendly 16-year-old Raina Ryson. By all accounts, Raina excelled in school. She got along with her youngest sister, Wendy, and was close with her parents. Um, she was cl- she navigated her school really well. She, like, operated among different cliques and never really rocked the boat. Yeah, it seemed like she was liked by all. She got really good grades. She played three instruments in the band, which is a lot of instruments. Do you know what they were? Not a clue. Okay. She also worked three jobs. Oh, I did not know that. Yeah, three of them while in high school, which I don't understand how that works, but it's 1993, and I'm sure child labor laws were (laughs) basically non-existent. Um, Well, one of those jobs um, is that she worked at a veterinarian's because she dreamed of being a veterinarian herself. And um, this was at the Pine Lake Animal Clinic in her spare time, as Amanda said, to garner firsthand experience for this lifelong dream of becoming a vet. Um, however, on the night of March 26, 1993, she did not come home from work. And in addition to being well-liked, she was also known as a conscientious daughter, and Raina always called home when she was going to be late or she had a change of plans. And her, mar- her parents were, like, immediately worried and called around to her friends, but nobody had seen her or heard from her. Okay. Um, and this is a situation in which they notified the police, and the police took immediate action. And Raina's case immediately became that of a missing person. No. That's what I hear from my book. I don't think that's true. Okay, here's what I've got. Okay. So, she was supposed to work at the animal hospital from 4 to 6 on that Friday. Afterwards, she was going out with her boyfriend, Matt. Mm -hmm. So, Matt was supposed to pick her up. Matt shows up at the animal hospital. No one's there. The door is locked. Her car's not there. Right. He can't find her. He drives around for a little bit, and there's no sign of her. So he goes to her parents' house like an hour later to see if she's there, and she's not. And the parents wait till like 10.30. Okay. And then they call the police, and the police are basically like, well, there's nothing that we can do. She has to be missing for 24 hours. Oh, interesting. Okay. So it wasn't until the next day that they do anything. They're kind of just like, hold tight. She could be a runaway. Oh, Because okay. it's 1993. Sure. And I mean, that's not what I had. Um... So the town, for my account, kicks into overdrive to find Raina, and volunteers search everywhere, and due to this extensive search, her car is found outside of town in a rural area. Uh, however, the discovery of this car doesn't give police a lot to go on. There's no evidence of struggle, there's no blood, and there's no damage to the car. Um, for all intents and purposes, it looks like Raina drove to that isolated location and then just fucking vanished. Yeah. I, I think... it. I'm pretty sure cops pretty quickly put together that it looks staged. It looks like she was broken down, and then they try to turn the car on, and it just runs immediately. Right, so there was no mechanical issue. They're a little skeptical. Um, Raina's case was featured on America's Most Wanted three times, and occasional local billionaire resident, Charlie Finley... Oh, I didn't know there was a billionaire. Yeah, he's a KC boy, Kansas City, um, who owned a baseball team here before he brought it to LA, I think, Um, and he also brought the Beatles to Kansas City. What's he doing in Laporte? Look, I don't know. (laughs) There wasn't enough information about that? Uh, No, but he put up a $25,000 reward for information regarding her location. I did hear that. Um, Despite this, it isn't until a month after her car is found that Raina's body is found in a lake. 
and it's determined that she was killed via strangulation, but little else is apparent given the fact that she was submerged in water for so long. Right. So right before, or well, maybe not right before her body's found, but the first tip that they get is to drive down Fail Road, um, and they find a letterman jacket about seven miles from where her car was found. The jacket belongs to Matt, the Who's boyfriend, boyfriend? Okay. that she was supposed to meet. Okay. So the cops are initially like, maybe we'll look into this kid. They don't really get far. He's a really good kid. No one really thinks that he's guilty, but okay. it's kind of being staged like it, they're trying to... Everything's pointing to him, iffy. Okay. Um. So the only thing they find then is his letterman jacket at that point? Yeah. Okay. Um, the other thing is, this is 1993, so the idea of DNA is a relatively new science. Um, so the cops go ahead, and although I gave them cred before, uh, they collect exactly zero evidence from her body. Oh, well, it had been in water for a while. Yeah, but they, I mean, they still didn't do anything. Oh, they didn't even try? No. I think that from what I read was, in 93, DNA, like you said, was relatively new. I think that they could only compare it to, like, the victim, and then they could do comparisons based off of, like, their lined-up suspects. So there's no, like, CODIS or anything. Right, of course not. Yeah, because it's 93. But I wonder if, like, probably in a small town like that, they probably don't... They're not trained in that no, at this not. point. Um, I mean, I think it, outside of, like, the DNA situation, I don't think they did, like, a thorough medical exam. Like, they assumed that her cause of death was strangulation. Oh. And it wasn't, like, a full... Okay. Autopsical? Is that a word? No. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like a bad dessert. Amanda, that's a popsicle? Mm, not an autopsicle. It's a personal problem. <laughs> it's not one that I want to have. Um... So, by 1998, Raina's family was giving up hope that her killer would ever be caught. Uh, however, that same year, police finally made the arrest of Raina's brother-in-law, Ray McCarty, who was 28 at the time of her murder. Mm-hmm. Not a great guy. No! Um, Raina's sister, Lori, was a lot older than she, but Raina still spent a lot of time at her sister's home, and of course, this husband is there, too. So she's around him a decent amount. Um... Amanda, hold on to your butt, is what I wrote here, but also your gag reflex, uh, because this is about to get really gross. Uh, when Raina was 12, Ray began molesting her. When she was 13, she found out that she was pregnant, and he was ultimately convicted of molesting Raina and was put in jail, uh, and then fucking released on probation. Yeah, he was on probation for three years. He didn't even follow the guidelines of that. Yeah. And basically, from what I read, it sounded like he made some threats to the family. Like, if you come forward with anything else, I'll kill you all. Yeah. And they were like, this is fine. Just keep staying married to my daughter. You know, we'll send our younger daughter back over there, too. Yeah, and they were open threats. Um, Like, it it wasn't just, like, a veiled threat. It was very much on the forefront of every interaction he had with them. Um, So police are very fucking interested in this guy because he is, one, a child molester, and two, made those threats against a girl who turned up dead. So it wasn't just against her parents, it was against the whole family, really included. Um, However, despite this interest, there's no evidence to support the idea of Ray having committed the crime. Uh, Despite this, it does not look good for him, particularly since he cannot remember where he is on the night in question, and he's generally known to be a disgusting monster. Can I take it for a second? Please. So initially, both him and Lori state that neither of them had seen Raina the evening that she disappeared. Later, after being questioned when he's alone with police, he admits that he saw Raina that night. So he's going to look for a house for sale on Warren Street. It's like a block from the animal hospital. Um, he said that he could see the hospital 
and the mm, he could see the hospital from the house in Raina's car in the parking lot. So he went in, he saw Raina. Raina was like, I'm closing, get out of here. He was like, Do you know where your sister is? And like some excuse to be there. Isn't part of his probation that he would not talk to her or approach her? That's the worst song you've ever written, but oh, yeah, it's true. <laughs> That's a terrifying melody. Um, yeah, and so he said that he left. He was distracted later in the evening because he picked up a female hitchhiker. But he does admit to seeing Raina that evening. Okay. So it's not looking better for him. No, in fact, it gets worse because he is charged, and then 15 months later, however, charges are dropped as there yeah, is no evidence. They don't have anything. Um, so cops either need to find more evidence or they need to find another suspect. Do you have what else was found in her car? I don't. That's all I got. Ooh. Um, so there is one item found in her car that's of a little bit of interest. It's a class ring. Okay. However, well, when Raina was found, she was wearing her class ring and Matt's class ring. Okay. This other class ring belongs to our new character, Jason Tips. Um, before we jump into Jason, I want to pull out a rabbit's hole that the cops went down. Um, the police are briefly interested in a serial killer named Larry Hall, who had gone to grade school with Raina. Um, and when Hall's house was searched after he was arrested for killing many other women, a pack of birth controls with Raina's name on it was found in his home. Um, but cops believe that this possession was fabricated by Hall as some sort of sick fucking fantasy just to, like, get a rise out of himself, essentially, by putting her name on something. Uh, because Raina was not on birth control by... Did he go to grade school with her? Yeah. He was old. That... That's confusing. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe they just went to the same grade school. Oh. He's, like, from that area. Okay. So there was a link. Um... But she was not on birth control, and she never had a prescription for those pills. Yeah, so he's a fun janitor who travels the country doing Civil War reenactments. <laughs> Same. <laughs> yeah, and his initial re- arrest... Re-est? Mm. His initial arrest was for the kidnapping of Jessica Roach, who was found murdered in a cornfield near Perrysville, Indiana, in the fall of 93. So then when they search his van, they find all of these newspaper clippings and that prescription bottle that you were talking about. Which, yeah, looks great. He takes... Um, he admit He tries to say that he did it. Oh, and then he immediately turns and says, he recants that statement. Okay. And the cops at this point are like, well, this looks good. You seem like the obvious suspect. They yeah. suspect him in like 30 to 40 other murders and rapes. And it all, it turns out he was in Kentucky at the time that she was murdered. So it all falls apart. But they have this like super solid lead. And then there's nothing. What a gross idiot. This is like the second time that it's been like, we found the fucking guy. Why are there so many fucking perverts in Indiana? <laughs> do we have any indiana listeners can you answer that question for us are you a pervert are you asking me <laughs> yes victoria um i play the fifth anyway um <clears throat> um another five years will pass before another suspect is arrested and this time it is now 38 year old jason tibbs whom amanda mentions um and this is Raina's ex-boyfriend's he, at the time of her disappearance, was 18, and they had briefly dated. It was not like a... Yeah, they dated for like six months, and then he was anything. obsessed with her. Yeah, he gets real creepy. He um, was also a high school dropout who had a lot of run-ins with the cops. Well, yeah. yeah. 
Um, he also wrote her really fucking possessive letters in which he stated that he would go to any extreme to date her again. Uh, and in the years after her murder, his violent activity only increased. And as Amanda said, he had many encounters with the police in the 90s and early aughts. And although we were told nothing of substance had been found in Raina's car, they did find what, Amanda, as you just told us? The class ring. So he, from the very beginning, says that he had been working on her car previous to this day and took it off for safekeeping and then Uh just forgot it. And that's why it was there. But the cops have been looking at him from the beginning. They didn't trust him. Okay. There was just nothing directly to tie him. him. Yeah. Okay. The break in the case, however, did not come from the presence of the ring, but rather from an inmate named Ricky Hammonds, who had gone to jail for killing a man. Um, remember when the author said this town was safe and then everybody has somehow killed someone, so I don't believe him anymore. You know, maybe I made up that fact about it not having any murders before the last hundred Everybody's years. killed someone. I think we all made this up. <laughs> um, so Ricky was in jail for life and had asked to speak with police regarding information about the Ryson case. Yeah, he felt bad. He did. He had some guilty conscience happening. Um, he claimed that on the night of March 26, 1993, he was smoking pot in a burn, which is what I guess you do in Indiana. Yeah, he had climbed up into the rafters of, a, of the barn. Just a random barn? Two, no, I think it was his, I think it was his family barn. Or was his girlfriend's barn? Friend's barn? It wasn't in the book. I thought he was like, I'll take this one. No, it was like he knew where he was. Not a stray barn. Not a stray barn. (laughs) No. (laughs) That's what also happens in Indiana, Amanda. They walk around um, the barns. Anyway, um, (laughs) when he saw... (laughs) Not a pub crawl, they do a barn crawl. (laughs) But the barns are moving. The barns are crawling. Oh, the barns are crawling because you're that high. Yeah. Okay, cool. Should we visit... Make a weekend of it? There's a lot of perverts there. <laughs> <laughs> Make a long weekend of it is what you're saying. Um, so he was smoking pot in this mobile barn. There's actually just stationary. <laughs> um, but when he saw his sister's boyfriends, Eric Freeman, pull up in a car with Jason Tibbs. And the two young men argued before Jason pulled what looked like a body wrapped in a quilt out of the trunk of the car. Yeah. Yeah. And police needed to corroborate the statement, so they sought out Eric Freeman, who was not too far afoot because he was also in jail for murder in Laporte, Indiana. Yeah, and he's not talking. He says no thank you. Uh-uh. Um, he said that he would speak about the crime under condition that he receive immunity for the murder of Raina. Right. As he didn't want additional time added to his sentence. So the cops grant him this, yeah. but it turns out they didn't have permission to do so. So after he gives his statement, which we'll get to in a minute, I'm assuming. Really? <laughs> they end up getting it, but it's like a long drown out thing. Oh, don't do that. Yeah, it was That's real. That's how you get in real trouble. Yeah, it was real bad. Um, okay, so according to Freeman, he played passenger to Tibbs, who drove to the animal cl- clinic, excuse me, to attempt to get Raina back again. Um, just as a general note, in my experience, stalking someone is never a great way to convince them you like them. I've tried it many times, um, but how, whatever. How successful has that been? Zero. Zero? Not once? I don't think I've stalked someone since high school. Like, I drove past the house of a boy I liked. I think that would probably be the last time. Or gone to a bar where someone bartended. That's not stalking. That's putting yourself in the right place at the right time. You just gave someone a big out. (laughs) (laughs) It's just a series of coincidences, which I knew where they would be, and I was there. I don't know why you're looking at me like, I'm the weirdo. You're at work. 
Um, so the conversation quickly took a turn for the heated when Raina told uh, Tibbs she had 0% interest and also that she was seeing somebody else, which she was. Sweet man. Um, after this, Raina still accepted a ride from the boys. Right. So Jason is like, just hear me out. Get in the car. Eric's going to drive us around. I just want to keep talking. Because I think at this point, they were arguing in the parking lot of her workplace. And she's probably like, we can't do this. This is my job. Wait, isn't it like 10 o'clock at night though? No, it's 6. It's 6 p.m. Okay. It's not that late. It's daytime for sure. Okay. Okay. Um, so he shows up there. And what happens? <laughs> we were already in the car. <laughs> <laughs> so it's her, it's her place of work. So she's like, we can't do this here. He's like, just get in the car with me. Eric will drive us around. I just want to talk to you. And I mean, we've all been 16. Like yes. how much, no matter how little you want it, like you're never, well, I mean, you sometimes are, but I just remember being like, so gentle to the people who like wanted my attention even though I didn't want it back. Yeah, absolutely. And just being like, okay, I will give you the time of day. I will let you tell me this. I will give you this moment. It's not going to go anywhere, but like just not being able to say no because you don't want to hurt anyone's feelings and you feel weird and awkward. Yeah. I'm sure... Let me, let me put some more conjecture into what was happening. But that's my explanation for why she would get in the car. And yeah. also she trusts these boys. She knows them. That's true. I mean, she dated one of them... And for six whole months. And, well, Which is a long lifetime. That's <laughs> way longer than any of my high school relationships lasted. Um, so at one point, Eric uh, pulls over the car because they're screaming at each other in the back seat. Jason says to pull over. Him and Raina get out of the car. Eric is still sitting, driver's seat. I think they're behind it. And everything goes quiet. So Eric doesn't see it happen. No? Does that say it does? No, no, oh. I just, that seems really, I don't know. Um, I think, because I think what happened... If I, hypothetical, if yeah. I strangled Zachary in the back of your car... Oh, no, 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 they're outside of the car. Oh! They get out of, Eric pulls over. Okay. Raina and Jason get out of the car. They're still fighting. He's Jason in the front. Okay. and Eric's in the front seat. Uh-huh. Okay. Jason's behind the car, I think pushes her to the ground and strangles her. Then throws her in the trunk of the car and they're like... Now what the fuck? Right. Um, so they drive to, what's his house? Eric's girlfriend's house? Eric's house. Wherever the barn is. <laughs> they drive to the barn. It's moved again. It is. It's left locations, yeah. Um, I think it's it's Eric's, whatever. It's like his, I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> the barn ownership is not important. Everybody has a barn. I've got more about like why the cops suspected him from the beginning, if you want that. Okay. So, and like I said, early on, Jason was a suspect from the beginning. They just didn't have anything on him. So his alibi was very suspect. Like I said, he was a high school dropout. Right. But his alibi was that he was tutoring two girls. (laughs) And then was playing Fox Hunter, which is, I know what it is. Because the internet told me. Go on. But I want to know what you think it is. Um, I think it's a game in Indiana. Where you put fox ears on someone, and then someone's a hunter, and they have to go find them in moving barns. You know, that's basically it. Um, So, fox hunter is where you have, everyone has a CBCV radio. Which one is it? I don't know. I think it's CB. CBD oil. They have the, yeah, the two-way radios the truckers use. And one car drives out into a hiding spot. 
and then the other cars are driving around trying to gauge how far their signal is so they're messaging they're like radioing back and forth and you have to catch the fox the fox is the hiding car that's what they're doing for entertainment in 1993 in indiana are they still doing it yeah possibly read a book so it turned cops are like there's no fucking way you're tutoring anybody turns out he was (laughs) that was actually legit what was he tutoring in Math and science, apparently he wasn't that bad at, which seems like the core pieces that make you a smart person, because I'm awful at them. Yeah, me too. <laughs> and we're big idiots. We have a podcast, thank you. <laughs> well, so any idiot can have a podcast <laughs> if anything has been proven. Um, but, so that part of his alibi stands up. However, that house that he was tutoring at is on the same route that they find the Raina's body in. Oh, Okay. Which I think were different routes. Yeah. But Raina's body is on the way to the house, basically. However, while his friends say that he was playing fox hunter with him, with them, (laughs) no one one saw him the entire night. They just heard him. Oh, creepy. Yeah. So there's kind of an alibi there, but kind of not. And the cops are very suspicious. And there's also, I mean, in defense of the cops there's also so many fucking perverts running around there's clearly a ton of them yes all right well um what i will say to you um is some questions that i have or are rather please um so as i said to you earlier and i'll say again on the mic um this book is like the outline you wrote for an english paper there's like no information so like if i seemed frustrated earlier it's literally because all i have is one sentence about something um, but this was my issue with this book is that it's super bare bones. Um, and then interestingly enough, we just found out he wrote another book. The So my question is, um, like, when did the two boys move her car from, it had to have been parked at the vet, right? Yeah, I imagine, so they drive to the house in a panic, or they drive to the barn in a panic. They're not there long. They immediately go. I think that probably they ditch the body, they get the car. And that happens in the span of an hour. It had to have been. Okay. And so then they just move it to somewhere random and dump it there? They moved it. It was right up the road. It wasn't very far. Okay. was where her car was. Because her car was found the next day just by driving around. Okay. Um, So the last thing that I have, again, um, in this outline... Um, is that on November 7th, 2014, Jason Tibbs was sentenced to only 40 years in prison, and the way Indiana tends to run it, he's probably going to be out in 20. What? Yeah. That's some bullshit. I know. 20 years. So throughout the short, it was a very short trial, apparently, the defense tried to discredit Ricky and Eric, and they tried to focus their attention on Ray McCarty. As we said, that's Raina's... Mm-hmm brother-in-law yeah um toucher-in-law the toucher-in-law so one of the big things oh okay one of the big things that the defense keeps pulling back to is that in 1998 when they were looking into ray they got a police warrant to search the property they found blood in his car two handguns and a stun gun in his home um they weren't at that time isn't he on parole yeah I don't know what Indiana laws look like. None. <laughs> I don't know that it's you can... It's a black piece of paper. I don't think you're allowed to have those. But they apparently weren't able to determine where the blood came from initially. Ray was an avid hunter. It's very likely it was deer blood. It. I don't think it came back as possibly being human. But that's what they kept trying to pull okay. back to. It's like, there's evidence of this, this, and this. Um... 
However, if there was any, there wasn't any sign of a struggle either at her car or anywhere else, right. it didn't look like she would have bled right. from the injuries okay. that happened. So it was thrown out pretty quickly. Okay. And obviously they found him guilty and they're like, no, fuck this. Everyone's bad here, but you're the worst. <laughs> Yeah. Good, good. Um, well, that's all that I have for my outline. And that was me literally uh, basically re-recording the entire story. That was it? In my own words, yes. I mean, it was very concise. I think there are more details to this case, but it's mostly all of the dead ends. So I don't think that you necessarily missed a ton. It was more of like, and then this was a possibility, but no. We took up a good amount of time talking about that stray serial killer, though, who seemed unnecessary. Yeah, I want to talk more about him. We'll find a book about him, I'm sure. Oh, I am sure Larry Hall. Larry Hall will be making a second appearance on this podcast. Lucky us. (laughs) I want to know more about the Civil War reenactments, but I still really like this one. I think that it's an interesting case. It's not one that I had heard of. Um, I, I thought it was interesting, too. I also, like, just in a small town that's always, like, lauded as being so safe, it's always so interesting to see, like, the actual seedy underbelly of what's happening there. I mean, I think that in 93, everything was bad, right? (laughs) Wasn't this, like, the end of Satanic Panic? Ketamine. Ketamine? Later? I don't know. I don't have a timeline for ketamine. (laughs) (laughs) I flushed all of that ketamine knowledge from my brain. Just from your body. (laughs) I did have to do a ketamine detox afterwards for some reason. I I don't know. You just got, like, a full blood transfusion, like a car. Yeah, 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 just like like a car. You're the mechanic now? I'm a doctor mechanic, thank you. Ah, I came into your ring. I'm happy for you. Um, So, look, if I'm going to rank this book, though, we've got like a solid three for five. Okay, if you were the teacher, this was the book report. Oh my god, you'd fucking fail. (laughs) If this is the book, they hit all the high points. They, there's, no. No? Oh, you're a tough teacher. (sighs) Bad um, teacher? Are you Cameron Diaz? <laughs> less hungover or more drunk? Um, I just, there's not a lot of texture, for lack of a better word. Um, right. And also in the sense that, like, we don't ever get to know anyone. And I think for us, like, some of the most compelling true crime narratives that we read um, are, are narratives in which we get to know the victim better than just saying she... She was a nice girl, which is basically what was in here, right? So, like... Yeah. I I guess I don't really have anything else to add on that, just because there wasn't information about that anywhere. Yeah, and I think... But I think with a 16-year-old girl... I don't know. I mean, there could have been something else. I just... And this is what we talk about, like, nearly every time, about how the genre can improve and how our reading of it can improve and our consumption of true crime in general. Um, It's just always, like, more of an emphasis on the victim. I do know far more about Jason Tibbs than I do about... uh, yeah. Right at Rice. Yeah, which isn't right. Um, you're right. Thank you for bringing that up. You're welcome. Um, so, yeah, so that's what I got. Yeah, I think that it's important to pause every once in a while and bring that back into focus. Yeah, and it's interesting. I mean, I listen to so many true crime podcasts, and just like the idea of the way that I consume it is something that I think about it now a lot more um, because we are doing this. Uh, I know this isn't that funny, but or at all. Um, but it's just trying to make me be more mindful about the way that I consume true crime and don't just like kind of listen to it mindlessly when I'm driving or whatever. Yeah. And I think that especially on our side of it, where we're trying to put together something that is entertaining and we want our listeners to enjoy, 
sometimes we can lose sight of what's important here. Yeah. But not today. But not today. <laughs> today we brought it right back into reality. Came to um, a good downer moment. You're welcome. I'm always here for this. Anytime you want. Now I'm like, shit, how do I make jokes? I don't know that I can. I have one. <laughs> Is it a knock-knock? No. Okay. Can we close Laporte on this one? I don't get it. It's French. Laporte is the door. Laporte is the door? Yeah. See, it would have helped to know that first. <laughs> Put in your report, you'll get a name. See, this this didn't have enough definitions in it. If I could have a glossary at the end of this book report, mm. that would be ideal. I see what you're looking for. Okay. Yeah. Well, Victoria, you've rated it a C to F. <laughs> Somewhere in between. Or, well, that's a D. Minus. There's no E. Okay. Egregiously bad. <laughs> there is no. Well, do you want to close the book on this one? I would like to close the port on this one. You would like to close, you want to go back to the joke? Yeah, I'm going to take it all the way to the grave. <laughs> Great. I'm really happy for you. You're lucky. Do we have anything else we want to add? No. Obviously, follow the, in- no? <laughs> follow the Instagram, ma'am. <laughs> I'm going to unfollow you, Victoria. Um, yeah, <laughs> follow us right on, on Instagram there. at MurderSheRedPod. And Amanda has an email address. MurderSheRed at gmail.com. And I, as I've been threatening for many weeks, emailed her this week. I don't want to say what it was. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> it was unpleasant. <laughs> it had to go somewhere. <laughs> it did have to go somewhere. Uh, that's for me to know and for you guys to wonder about. Never find out. No. Mm-hmm. Well, that's all we got for today. Yeah. Okay. Right. <laughs> I'll just keep saying. Should we just okay and all right back and forth yes, until we is. hit an hour? <laughs> yeah. We're 37 minutes in now. I'm excited for you to edit this terrible ending again. You know, sometimes it's kind of fun. <laughs> I like to see what I can pull out. It's a lot of me cutting most of the words that I say. All right. Well, on that note. Bye. Goodbye.